this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is your Bomb Wednesday service. I am Naima Cochran, better known to most as the senior pastor of Music Sermon. And actually, before I let my trusty co-host introduce himself, by the time you guys are listening to this, it's going to be Music Sermon's third anniversary. Yay! Three years, like by accident. It's kind of amazing. Um, let me hear you say joy. <laughs> Yeah, give, give me a hand praise. Nah, but give yourselves a hand praise to those who are listening, to those of you who are music sermon congregants and have been with me um, on this ride. I appreciate you because I'm not going to get into it here, but music sermon has led to Jesus. I, I, music sermon is the reason I'm here talking right now. Um, but anyway, with me this week as always. I have come up with a new name. Oh, and, boy. Uh, I'm going to go by uh, Karen Phillips, your director of the Helps Ministry. Of the Helps Help. Ministry. I appreciate the Helps Ministry. The Helps Ministry. Help, helping you and helping everybody else get their stuff together. And always reminding y'all to stop giving that white man your money. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face. <laughs> oh, I love your face when you say that. That's Let me find that's going to be a low-key catchphrase. We kind of also have to think of another catchphrase that isn't related to Sean King, but it'll come to us. Um, this week... It's getting ready to be election cycle, so there's going to be some more white men asking y'all for some money, so it right. should, we'll find someone that we can apply this to. Yeah, we. but we always, in general, we do encourage... Uh, d- due diligence and discernment 
with whomever you decide that you're going to align yourselves with uh, financially or otherwise, uh, because mm-hmm. there, you know, there is very often just a little bit more to be found if you just want to dig a little bit. Um, I'm going to start the timer. Consequences and repercussions. Hey, listen. You uh, got bread. <laughs> so this week, we wanted to talk about two things, but the main thing was, um, first of all, as always, before I even to it, let me let me do a little bit of housekeeping. Let me back it up. I want to first thank you guys, as always, for listening. Thank you for your comments. I want to thank Mary Pryor for being with us last week. A lot of you guys shared that you really enjoyed the conversation. And I'm sure that there'll be like a continuance of that because there is always some type of, you, you, you know, you got too much dip on your chip type pseudo intellectualism that we can address and unpack amongst our people. So there'll be more of that. But I wanted to remind you guys that in addition to this amazing show that you're listening to right now, there is a vast lineup and array of Count the Dings and Bomb programming available to you. I wanted to remind you guys to check out the Count the Dings feed for shows like The Dad Pod, Cinephobe, and The Friday Mailbag, and the Bomb feed, my home feed, for Tuesday's OG show, The Bomb Podcast, My Sean Ways, The Woke Bros with Waz is continuing on Thursdays, as well as Trey's new show, Growing Up the Same. And then the Pack Your Knobs feed on Thursdays as well. And if you're feeling especially generous, become a patron of the show, patreon.com, count the dings for exclusive content and special shows. All right. So now, with that out the way, let's get into it. Last week, uh, in our, first of all, we want to give an update for those who don't know. We mentioned Talib Kweli last week. He has been suspended. Look at God. Look at God. Look a God somewhere. Look at God and, and praise and give him praise because that was ridiculous. Um, but he has been suspended. He went on he went on the Instagram and told them that he had chosen to leave Twitter. But Twitter said his ass wait, 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 was wait, suspended. Wait, does he not know? That the founder, uh, the guy who runs Twitter also is like the guy who also kind of runs Instagram. Like no one told him that. That's the guy who runs Facebook who also runs Instagram. But still. No, but Jack, Jack is, does something with IG um, too. Like, I mean, but, but what I do know is that one of the people who used to be at Twitter, uh, Mary mentioned somebody who was at Twitter recently and helped him out when he was being doxxed and harassed. She is now a senior staffer at IG and she basically got her finger over the button waiting for him to show his ass on Instagram. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. good luck to Talib. And at some point we're going to have a conversation about how hip hop just really let me down with that whole entire scenario. Like just Ollie. the whole entire institution and how we really don't need to praise conscious rappers. But that's for another day. Today... And how we need to support Megan Thee Stallion. Support Megan. And support Megan Thee Stallion. Please stop making jokes about that girl. We don't We don't know what happened. Whatever it is, it's extremely messy. I don't even actually want to know. I just... I'm just going to pray. She's 25. Like, pray for that child and her life. Y'all, y'all going to protect my bae. Because, listen, well, it's going to be some I'm consequences. Just... 
Donna, protect my bae. Yeah, we just, you know, she's going through some, she's going through some things. Listen, people, people have their learning curves. For me, you know, it didn't, you know, it involved some, some close calls, near arrests, couple of, couple of dicey situations, but you know, everybody, everybody's scale is different. Ah, <laughs> uh, that story for another day. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with, with the, um, with the criminal justice system. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but what we wanted to talk about today, last week in, in our in our conversation about Talib and Nick and everything, we neglected to acknowledge the passing of Congressman John Lewis and Reverend uh, C.T. Vivian, both part of the original Big Sis, Big Six uh, MLK SNCC crew, organizers of the March on Washington, crossers of the, um, of the um, I'm going to say Pettus Bridge, Pettus, right? Edmund Pettus Bridge. Edmund Pettus Bridge. Um, and just overall, like, some of the last, some of our last living giants to pass, you know, over into the ancestral plane. I saw that Andrew Young was was trending today, and it made me a little nervous, but I think my, people just might be checking on him because I think he's literally the last. Um, but... Karin, you brought up to me, there's a conversation that I'd been having with someone else that, you know, as these greats die, and not even just our political leaders, but also I find myself having these same thoughts when it comes to our literary figures and um, our people in art and, and um, you know, basically every, every monumental area of achievement as the old guard passes away, sadness I feel, I feel a little guilty for feeling sad because they lived a full life. You know, Congressman Lewis was in, was 80, he was in his 80s, but like a full life, a full, full, rich, meaningful, impactful life. So I should be celebrating. But I realize that it means that it's, it's not even my. It's not even on my mom, who is toward the the end of the boom of the boomer generation. It's like on my generation, and we ain't ready. Like we we ain't ready. And you said the same thing to me. Like who are our leaders going to be? And it's kind of an unfair question because we can never duplicate the leadership of anyone who came up who came of age or made an impact during like the 60s and 70s just because there is not as and hear me out when I say this ride with me for a little bit there's not as much to accomplish and what I mean by that is once you've done something first even if somebody does it again it's not going to quite be the same right so even though we're in the middle of a civil rights movement right now we may never have the same kind of leaders come forth with the same impact as the SNCC crew, as, um, you know, other movement leaders, as Ed, as Edgar, et cetera, as Hamer, as all of those really monumental figures of that era. Um, and even if we do, we may not realize it until 20 years from now, 30 years from now, who they are in the moment. Um, what were you thinking about that? It was less about who are going to be the new leaders. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of more who are going to be the new voices. Yeah. Uh, and then how that trickles down into the question I really like to ask is um, who's going to show up? Like, right. I remember vividly being an undergrad at Morehouse and like people were, when you go to like Spellhouse, like random people just show up all the time and you have to catch yourself because it kind of becomes the norm. You can't be all you, starstruck. No, it, it, you do the first couple of times, but like after you start seeing Denzel and Spike Lee a whole bunch, like the luster kind of leaves and you have to catch yourself like, no, nah, like every time realize that this is a moment and it didn't really hit me until like junior year because Jesse Jackson had came once, I believe, freshman, sophomore year. And then L. Sharpton has showed up to Spellman one year. And I remember having a conversation even back then. And somebody was like, um, this is way before, you know, Brother Al got skinny and was dancing and turned into a meme and taking the selfies and had his TV show. But somebody mentioned, you know, they always showing up for the cameras and they always showing up when it's, you know, something's happening to promote themselves. And you got it. Forgot who the person was, but, you know, forgive them. We're 18, 19, 20. Right. Um, and you say a lot of dumb stuff at that age. But even then, like, it hit me. And I remember just asking, well, who's going to show up when they're gone? Right. And the, and the room went quiet because I was like, look. I'm not saying any of them are saints because they're not. Right. Um, but if we speak in, uh, if we thinking about who we have left, right. we, we're really looking at Jesse, who's getting up there. We're looking at Al, who's getting up there. And I'm like, look, I'm not here to defend some of the things they have done and said over the years. But one mm-hmm. thing I do know is when shit go down, I know who's going to show up. And I know who's going to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. And something is to be said about the person who controls the bullhorn and knows what to say on the bullhorn because they're, it, the bullhorn is like a mic. It is mm-hmm. nothing like being at a party or an event and you've always gone to these parties and there's a great MC. They vibe with the DJ. They know how to get people up and dance. They know how to deliver the announcements. All right. and then you go to that party and that person's not there no more and somebody gets up there who thinks they can do it and they don't know how to do it. And the whole vibe of the night ain't the same. And you just like, you know what? I don't want to be here no more. I feel you on that. But but here's my question in, in regards to a Jesse and a Al specifically. And like you, I'm not going to disparage the work they've done. But what I will say about both of them is that both of them had arms put around their shoulders at a very young age. They were guided. They were brought into a fold they were shepherded, you know, they were instructed, people shared their resources, people brought them along. I have not seen them. I'm not saying they haven't done the same. I haven't seen them notably do the same. Like I know, like I know who put Jesse on. I know who put Al on. I can't name people specifically who were like, Jesse Jackson's been my mentor. Al Sharpton's been my mentor. Same even here. Um, Congressman Charles Rangel. Congressman Rangel has been our congressman for since Am Clayton Powell Sr. was still alive. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like move out the way. Let somebody else let somebody else lead. And I think that that is part of the disconnect with the old guard and the young guard. Like, again, going back to the SNCC crew, you know, Congressman Lewis was what, fresh out of college? If that, 
you know, speaking at the Million Man March. And we don't, I, I wonder how much of this is about opportunities for us to step up and, and develop our own voice and get involved and make our voice heard rather than waiting for permission. Cause there is kind of like a waiting to be tapped or waiting to be, um, a baton passing to happen and how much of it is actually like there is a baton passing that needs to happen and people aren't doing it. The other thing that a friend said to me is that there it's kind of harder to distinguish key voices because we're in an era where so many people have voices, right? Instead of there being one concentrated focus. So I can think of like my friend, Brittany Pack, yeah, Packnet. You know, I can think of some people say D Ray. I can think of like obviously we hate Sean King, but some people think Sean King is a voice. You know, um, there are other, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there are other voices out there. They just aren't, or like my um, brother Bakari Sellers, or like like Bakari. I was gonna say Bakari. Shout out South Carolina, um, or you know, some people would say Tamika Mallory. You know, so. so there are voices out there who are heard and listened to. I think the difference is that there are so many more of them that serve different kind of sectors of community in different ways. But I think that will also prevent there from ever being kind of these these really larger than life figures. I think, well, I think we have like. Um... I thoroughly believe that Stacey Abrams yep, is yep. on that way. I thoroughly believe that we had another one who was on their way, but Andrew. They, they had to make a dip off in rehab right quick. And he we might just, make his way back. We, we, we just going to leave that alone because that is not another conversation. That is another four, five, six, seven conversations. Oh, we're not having that conversation we at all. Yeah, we just going to set that down. We we're gonna not going to have down, that conversation. Um, but also, a thing we have to keep in mind that we often don't give enough credence to is that back in the 60s, those giants that we've lost or losing there, or there's only a few left, they didn't get that cape put on their backs then. They got right. it. They got it later, uh, right? Because I like to tell people so much, like, look. Everybody loved MLK and Malcolm and all that. Nah. But if right. you took a poll or you could go back to yeah. the and take a poll of black folks then, uh, the overwhelming majority was both of these Negroes is doing a little too much. Right. They ask you, look, one is a little bit too radical and one is a little too safe. Right. Let us just go to work, get our money, and not cause no trouble. Right. And then look back on them and you see the impact they made and you want to uplift them, which you should. But a lot of people like to say they was part of that struggle and they was marching when we know damn well you was at home. And when we say that, we mean even black people. Because there were definitely black people who was like, y'all gonna fuck, yeah, y'all gonna fuck all our money up. Like, Mm -hmm. this bus boycott is taking too long. This is too much work. This is too much this. This is too much that. The other thing that I, that if we want to talk about what was really real back then is, you know, now we have social media so we can see when different factions of thought disagree with each other and possibly have squabbles with each other. 
The only reason we didn't know more about it then is because we didn't see it. Have yeah, because we didn't see. Or it's not that it didn't it. have it. it. Definitely, we definitely had it. Definitely existed. It just wasn't. It just wasn't as public, or or it wasn't public in a way for us to know about now. You know, people talk about um, Du Bois and. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. You know I what know, I'm talking I, about. I know where you're going, but I'm, I lost it too. But yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. We here. Du Bois and... I know, but wait, I got to get this coming. So I also want to tell everybody who's listening right now, I've had two hours of sleep and I already be having like these senior moments, junior senior moments, which quarantine brain have made even worse quarantine brain is a thing so there will be names that i know like i know these names like i know these names i know these names my whole life and all of a sudden it's poof and then out. but i say i like to say that all our great intellectual black intellectuals intelligentsia thought leaders act leaders there have always been differing schools of thought so that's not new what's new is just that it's easier to see them and for whatever reason people think they shouldn't be made public which I don't necessarily think is the case. We're not a monolith. Also, but also, they did a better job of presenting a unified no, front when right. it was time for the cameras to come on. That's that's very true, and I do also think there's some credence. Like the Black Lives Matter movement is one of the first movements of its kind that that doesn't have. A I'm leader. not that, yeah, but I'm, I don't want to say doesn't have a leader because the org has founders, right? The yeah. org does have founders, but they are not considered the leading voices of the movement. Most people don't even know who the founders of the organization are. And I think that's part of the problem is that we have a movement that's very different than the org. So, like, even when you're talking about the rights movement of the 60s, even though we think of Martin Luther King Jr. as a leader of the civil rights movement, it's not like there was a civil rights, an organization called the Civil Rights Organization and then, yeah. like, a movement called the Civil Rights Movement, right? But even then, like, most of the times we're used to the simplify, like, the founders being the leaders. Like, right. when, you, when we talk about the founders of the, the Black Panthers, we talk about Huey Newton and Bobby Sue, right, who right. the leaders. So... Right. They were just kind of one in the same with the people who started this shit. Exactly. Going to get in front of this shit. Right. And I and I do think that there is, you know, what's great about a what's great about social action, social justice, and movements in this era is that there is much more that you can do and that you can tap into and get engaged in much more easily because of the internet. But what's lost in that is, like you said, like a a focused, a singular, a more singular minded, concentrated focus. So like I saw a weeks ago, a photo, I posted it on um, stories of protest training. You know, they would have you sit, you would go to class and you would sit and they would mimic white people harassing you while you were doing a sit in, pulling your hair, blowing smoke in your face, yelling at you, doing all kinds, trying to pull you, push you around. Yeah, and and they would take you through exercises of what to do, how to act. And I will say this. If you look at the protest, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because there are people who are very deep in the organizing communities who still do in-person meetings and do these things. But, like, if you look at the the protests around the corner, around the country, or even if you look at Hong Kong, like, I saw something where 
in one of these cities, somebody said white wall and all the white people just like locked up like Voltron to protect the black protesters. They learned that somewhere, you know, or when you see in Hong Kong, how organized they are in terms of they're putting umbrellas up as shields, what they're using, what they're wearing, their methods of, you know, evading the police, et cetera, et cetera. I do think that there's a measure the of that. recognition, all that stuff. Exactly. I think that there's a measure of that that gets lost that we see in people's eagerness to be part of something, like how we've seen hashtags get co-opted, people be posting black squares and not know why, or people jumping into protests or even trying to land on the ground in a place that they don't live in and organize a protest without touching base with local organizers. So again, the, the ease of connection and the ease of information all like also leaves out room for a lot of context and depth and, and follow up that I think is lost in, you know, current current movements. It's because of, like you said, the it's there's no uh, commitment like before. Mm-hmm. You can just grab your phone and put a hashtag. You don't and have feel like to you go, did, and then send off a donation and feel like you did go something to a meeting at a certain time at a certain place to go through certain training. And somebody call you and, and be, be like, "Why there. you wasn't at the meeting?" Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so when you take that away, everybody feels like. Especially in a day when everyone feels like everything is for everybody. Right. Um, it's very easy for people who want to be like, oh, yes, I could take part of this. Boop, boop, boop. Tweet, hashtag, send. I did my part when it's right. like, actually, that's cool. We like that. Please give us your money. But <laughs> what we also need you to do, if you really about this life, is to come on down <laughs> to the community center at 7 and train until 10 or 5. Right. And, and or, you know, teach, and this segues into the other part I want to talk about, and or work with these younger, work with these people younger than you, share of your skills, share of your knowledge. So I wanted to ask you, Karen, you know, you went to the most illustrious black all men's school in the country. What, like, I have to imagine there was some leadership training there was mentor training there was some gems there were some directives that they gave y'all about how you were supposed to go out into the world and be a leader and create leaders mm-hmm. did you get that and have you done that yes and <laughs> your introduction of what Morehouse is I just I was laughing because I'm like we're the most illustrious one because we're the only one <laughs> so, but no uh to answer your question and it's a very layered question, and I'm going to be honest because I always keep it a buck that's going to make some people very uncomfortable when I mm-hmm. say this. Um, the ball has been dropped because the level of expectation has changed. Mm-hmm. The certain things that we used to do, like the quality of morale's men today, is not the quality of what it used to be. And that's just not me turning into some old man out on the front of the yard thinking our generation is better. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just look and pay attention. Look at the names. Look at the work. Look at the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and that look at the because, fabric. Yeah. Yeah. It is because of the way things are done now. And I think a big part of that is on us 
mm-hmm. as alums, as a part of the institution. But I think the biggest change has to do with just our culture as a whole. And I'm not saying just black people. I'm saying like America as a whole. Right. There are just certain things that we used to do that just you can't do anymore. We're not a we're not uh, a we're not a culture. We're not we're not used to true community anymore. No, it's not even that. It's just like you can't the there's just certain we always refer to morals as a fraternity. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there were certain things and certain traditions and certain ways we used to do stuff. And we did the same way to right. get a certain product out of you. We can't do that. They're those not socially acceptable anymore. Yeah, they're not socially acceptable all the time. Right. Which is like, cool. This is a school who I I love to death, but we're chastised. And I'm like, look, there's a lot of stuff we need to change. A lot of stuff we're too regimented on and some mm-hmm. traditions need to go. And some stuff is a lot of very misogynistic and homophobic and we need to get together. But there right. are also some traditions I'm like, no, we need to hold on and bring back mm-hmm. because it has affected the quality of the production. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that answer is right. to do both. No, I know. I, I feel you uh, on that. We need to figure it out. I feel you on that even without knowing specifically what you mean because this is one of the things I struggle with, right? And And I say this fully admitting that even though I just admitted to the fact that I have a misdemeanor criminal record, I also <laughs> am high bougie former debutante like I am my grandma, my Southern Bell grandmother's child. And I um, very much believe in certain aspects of protocol and tradition, which I know sometimes crosses a line into um, respectability. But, and, and I get that, but there, but sometimes I do believe that I, it's a weird kind of like struggle, internal struggle, because on the one hand, I know that that's the way it's always been done is never a valid excuse. Right. But also sometimes that's the way it always is always been done is what I want to say. Right. Like one of the reasons I enjoy the church I enjoy is because my church has a very like it's an order of worship. Like I know we're marching in on him. I know like we got these couple of songs and then the offering and then this prayer and then that call and response. And like like I like ceremony and tradition and you know order, right? And it is challenging to see um to kind of confront your own the things that you embrace as to whether or not this really serves a purpose or whether or not this was like holding up some status quo that no longer exists. So one of the reason I asked you the question about Morehouse is because I was having, I was having a a separate conversation with then where we started with friends of mine in the industry last year coming from actually coming from recruitment for a mentoring program for young women who want to get in entertainment And we were talking about how we're older than the senior exec, than the people who were senior executives when we started working are, but we don't feel like the old heads. And part of that is for the same that we were saying with politics and, and, and leadership, which is there hasn't been a proper pipeline for baton passing. Um, But part of that is also, I think, again, like waiting for somebody to, tap you and give you permission or waiting for some kind of weird transformational moment 
And I had to think to myself, like, now I'm on, I, I'm 20 years, I'm 20 plus years deep in my career. Like, I'm, I'm an OG now. Like, it's time for me, not that I haven't always tried back, but it's time for me to, like, aggressively reach back and try to, try to, you know, help chart an easier course for the people behind me. And I've always mentored students, but now I'm like, what does mentorship look like for adults? And what does passing on tradition, right? Like we talked about, I think I mentioned on here, I might not have when we were doing a lift our voice and sing, it might've been on bomb that I mentioned. I realized that people don't, didn't know that happy birthday that Stevie Wonder's happy birthday was for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, right? Like, I was astounded on Twitter when I realized that. But then I was like, but how would they know unless somebody told them, right? Like, that's the thing I have to start realizing, thinking about now is like, how would would these people know if we're not teaching them, telling them, you know... Oral histories aren't getting passed down the same way. You know, like that meme said, we losing recipes. You know, people ain't well, sitting around. Why? why? Because we come from a time and generations to where you got told stuff you might not wanted to know. <laughs> and so you didn't have to ask those questions because yeah, you, you got just, you just into found your head. out. Yeah. Or if you had a smart mouth, like I did, you just ask questions and you right. was either going to get popped in your mouth or they was going to get so sick of your questions that they was going to break it down and tell you. So now it where we feel like, why ain't nobody asking questions? So when right. you was like, how would they know? But I feel like a piece of you was just like, but why ain't nobody asked? Well, you know, I, and, and that is my default, but I had to check myself. So here, here's, here's the place I've come to now. And I also had to check myself because it's part of the reason that music sermon even exists. But I'm trying to be more aware of this in all things. I had to check myself because, yes, my default is to be like, well, why didn't they ask? But somebody pointed out to me, imagine me being a Gen Xer and you being on the older side of a millennial. We remember what it was like to not have such easy access to information, so we treasure easy access uh, to information, uh, right? Like, if you remember shit. having to look shit up in the encyclopedia, if you remember card catalogs, if you remember microfiche, like, I go to Google uh, so many God. times, I go to Google so many times every day, like... Just for regular shit. Just to, just to be fucking going. Like, I if, if Google was a subscription service, I would pay for that oh, shit. Hey, oh, listen. A hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Like, but... How much y'all you, want on this? <laughs> but if you grew up with that shit at your fingertips, you don't really appreciate the art of having to actually research some shit, right? Uh, like, look. because it's just like, it's just there. And, and a lot of these, a lot of people are used to somebody giving them information instead of telling them to go find the information. Like, right? Do these kids still do like annotated, bi- like bibliographies? I don't even think they do that anymore. I know to be honest with you Where, like that was the hardest part of the paper the hardest part of the must the most you got your information unknowing like, that part is just tedious. Was like, what, what, 
That's oh my god! I, and and now as a writer, you know, as I'm sure you understand, we still experience some version of that when we got to link out the shit when we're writing oh, stuff. Oh, listen! Oh, if god. you read my stuff, everything I write has so many hyperlinks <laughs> because I am just like this is like the editorial bibliography. Like, oh my god! It's blue links because I'm just when like, I gotta go back and link out the shit. I'll be like, do I have to go and find where I found it? But anyway. So, but, but, okay, it, but, but it makes you a better debater, arguer, stater of facts, because at least, you know, you're able to go and I back your shit. shit up. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so I'm trying to be better about how I share knowledge, how I respond to the questions where I want to be like, how the fuck I don't know that? Because, because the other thing is that sometimes when I want to be like, who raised these kids? I got to be like, oh, we raised these kids. That's on, <laughs> that's on us, right? Like, it's for me anyway. When we talking about a twenty-something year, a little twenty-two-year-old, I got to be like, oh, that's my people who did this. Um, and but but I think we don't realize how much we lost, like, just roaming around the house. You're roaming around the house, listening to your parents' music, picking up. Um, vinyl laying around, picking up magazines that were laying around. As we've digitized, yeah, yeah as we've digitized Ebony. stuff, you don't have that shit around the house. Um, y'all ain't watching movies together anymore. Like you're just not picking up as much stuff naturally. So now we have to be more cognizant of how we're passing information on because they, we, they, they don't know what it feel like when your mom and your aunties get all glammed up every year for the Ebony Fashion Show. <laughs> the Ebony the Fashion year. Fair. Uh, oh my gosh. But no, I, got, yeah. I have a question for you speaking of yes. And I'd like to ask people this question because this speaks to the divide you were talking about earlier because I have my views on this. Do you think mentorship should start with the younger generation seeking out the old head or the old head sinking out the young cat because I am very clear on my feelings about that. So I'm so of I'm, I'm of two minds, right? Because I've had it work both ways for me. Um, it has happened where I've had a relationship with an older person that just developed into a mentor relationship because of how we work together. I've had situations where an older or more seasoned person has spotted something in me that they wanted to help cultivate, right? But I, I have had younger people approach me and ask me to be a mentor. And I will be honest, more often than not, they've gone about it the complete wrong way. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that, like I actually have a couple of threads about this on Twitter. And I think I have a post about it on um, tag, my tag site, on NaimaCochran.com, because... I think that in this age of social media, reality TV, influencer culture, people have confused a mentor for the plug. And yeah. what I mean by that is people will reach out and just be like, I want to get a job in entertainment. And it's just like, I, okay. Like that's like reaching out to some rant. That's like reaching out to a dentist and just be like, I want to get a job in medicine. You know, it, it it's, it's way too broad. I don't know you. And then, and then be like, how can I do it? I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about your skill set. Do you even know me? That's the other thing. Like a lot of times they hit me, they don't even know me well enough and to it, ask it, these questions. Because they don't realize it don't work like that. It and does so not if anybody like that. that's like under 30, 25 listening, I'm going to tell you how this shit works. This is how it works. You cannot walk up to somebody and be like, hey, you're cool. 
can't even be my mentor. No, because like when you said, I'm like, nigga, I don't know you. I don't um, know you. have to let, you might see someone that you might want to be your mentor. Cool, start there. But then if they're going to become your mentor, that is a relationship that has to organically grow. Right. Like seek them out, know who they are, know what they're like, know their bio resume as much as you like, and let that organically grow. If it happens, it will happen. If it don't, that ain't it the doesn't. mentor. Yeah. The other thing is, I think, so the, a couple of things I want to point out that I think that people miss in this exchange. One is, if you are reaching out, if you are reaching out to a person who you are hoping can be a mentor or even can maybe whose ear you can bend for a one-time thing, um, first to understand that if you're reaching out to them, no doubt so are other people. And that you are asking for this person's time, which is valuable. Right? Energy. And energy and attention. And one of the things I've had happen more than once is somebody will hit me in and be like, okay, please call me when you're available. It's like, how dare you reach out to me and then be like, call, call you. Fuck. What is this shit? You need to be like, they, can they we schedule to last weekend? Yeah. Like why last weekend. call you for what? Why am I calling you? And, and then secondly, when you're reaching out to this person, Know what your know why you pick them, right? So, like, if you people who reach out to me because I have a large following on Twitter and they know I work in the music industry, or they know I'm a writer, either or, but don't actually know what I do in the music industry, or don't actually take time to know what I write about, or don't like those things that already tells me that you're not somebody I want to deal with. Cause you haven't done any research. I have a whole last website. It's on my Twitter header. It's in my Instagram header. So you've done no research. Right. And then if your you first, got everything. if your yeah, if your first thing is like, I want you to mentor me because I want a job. That is already a fail because that's nope. not, it is not the responsibility of your mentor to find you gainful employment. If you have a good relationship with a mentor, the hope is that they will avail themselves of some resources to you that they have, right? After um, you put some time in. <laughs> after you put some time in, after they know, like, what y'all gotta realize is that relationships are fucking currency. Every job I have, almost every job I have, every gig I've gotten has been based on somebody vouching for me and being willing to like let me ride on their name and that's a very big thing um because when you ask somebody like say i say you ask me to call somebody on your behalf i make that call you ain't shit so now i don't waste it a call i could have made for something i needed myself and and have my credit standing has gone down a little bit with that person because I've wasted their time, right? So it's like you, as you're cultivating your own relationships and as you're asking, you're putting people in position by asking them to trade on their relationships, you got to understand what you're asking people to do. And I think that's part of the problem is that mentoring isn't necessarily a symbiotic relationship, right? It is, you are asking somebody to pour into you, which means that you need to let them know why you're 
worth that. And that first, that initial outreach, it's still a bit of a business outreach. Like, have some humility. You know what I mean? Like, motherfuckers just be like, yo, can you do, can I get? And it just, it really puts me off. And I do try to be corrective gently um, when I respond to people about why they're being ridiculous. But it's amazing you don't get it. And also what they don't realize is that the best mentorship or the best sign that you're doing right is when the OGs tap you. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's better than that. Like, I had a situation um, two years ago. I'll never forget where I was. An OG in my field is, shout out if he's listening or somebody listening to him, OG Gary D. Howard. Um, Gary Howard is is a titan in the sports journalism industry. Um the first black president of Associated Mm -hmm. Press Sports Editors Group. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a NABJ Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, the NABJ conference, uh, three years ago in New Orleans. Like I'm walking in fresh out the the taxi to check into the hotel. I even got up to my room yet. And I knew who he was. And like, he knew who I was from seeing me around, but we had never like, you know, chopped it up, kicked it like that, besides just speaking, saying, what's up? Mm-hmm. And like he walked across the lobby, um, and he was just like, yo, like, you're doing it. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. do this. I don't seek out people. Right. I don't be seeing everybody. I read you. You know if you was out here bullshitting, this would have been a totally different conversation because I would have been here getting your ass instead right. of digging you up. I'm so proud of you. Whatever you need, I got you. Right. That is when I knew, okay. I'm doing something right. I'm doing some shit. And then after that, it became like other OGs, like seeking me out, like, hey, bro, let me holler at you. Yo, I'll be looking so, forward to your stuff. That, so I have a question. At that what, is how you get it in. At what point do you think you reach a level where it's time for you to reach back and tap folks behind you. When enough OGs have tapped you <laughs> as being good <laughs> enough, because you can't be reaching back if you're sorry. Not like, if you're you sorry, gotta, you but gotta, there's but always gotta, somebody who's trying to get to where you are at your current yeah, moment. But you also got to be, listen, if the old hands have stamped you as being someone <laughs> who is on the right track of becoming an old head, then that should let you know, oh, then maybe I should start reaching back. If ain't nobody stamped you right. and you just out here unstamped Not and you unstamped. try to stamp somebody, <laughs> like that ain't how the stamps work. <laughs> like you gotta have some verification check marks okay, on okay. your resume that's to fair. like reach back and help somebody. And okay, I'm like, that's, that's when I'm starting now, is when I'm starting to be like, all right, I got a couple of mentees. Cause I'm not the mentee that's checking in with you all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm the mentee. I always tell them, like, the one few that I have that can deal with me. And I'm like, look, do what the fuck I say. You know what? Because here's why. Because I'm not calling you all the time. I'm like, call me when you need me. Call me when this shit get real. Call me when you need the real advice. And they do. I tell them what to do. And I'm like, do exactly this. Right. And the ones that shut the fuck up and do what I say, it's like a week or two later. Yo, I did exactly what you said. What happened? Yo, that shit worked. Right. And I'm like, all right, keep doing that, and then a little bit do this. And then three months later, it's like, yo, this shit worked. And then they see it, like, oh, like, he's mm-hmm. really in my corner. 
But then there'll be a couple that I'm just like, yo, do this. And they're like, well, oh, I got to do this or I don't want to do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. My bills is paid. Right, 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 right. You broke. But you got the answers? <laughs> cool. Go ahead. You, you got a little mentor. Keep, keep being broke. But the ones that listen, they they shining. That's and I'm just like, okay. Like, you, hey, you want to come to a label where <laughs> mentees ain't all on the track? <laughs> <laughs> all in the video, dancing. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, I will say that I've noticed, um, not even on some mentorship shit, but a couple of years ago when I realized that some of the younger women in even just like media and, and journalism and entertainment were looking up to me, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I realized I had to kind of check my public behavior and... um what I was sharing with the world about my experience. Cause I was like, okay, so now there, even if people aren't seeking me out for direct mentorship, there are people who are watching my moves, um, which is daunting, but also definitely instills in you a sense of responsibility. Um, so my encouragement to everybody listening, if you do not, if you are a person who is established in your field or in your life, and you do not yet have a mentorship relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, I would encourage you to explore that, whether it be with a young adult or a teenager or, you know, something in that nature. So as we're about to close, Karin, you were lamenting uh, a summer without one of all middle-class black people's favorite pastimes. I miss it so much! <laughs> <laughs> the favorite pastime of all bougie, bougie and college-educated college Negroes across the diaspora, I would even say. We've um, <laughs> Please give us your old... T- what, 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 what put that on your heart on this week? Because it hit me, right? Like, mm-hmm. moving to a new city um, about, what, four or five months in, and I was just like, you know, Atlanta, before where I was at, was a huge brunch-popping city. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Chicago has it. I just haven't had a chance to experience. We know how New York gets down. Mm-hmm. D.C. is the champion, right? But, like, the brunch, the brunch game, and when I say the brunch game, I mean like this. Like, fellas, ladies. Whoever you sleep with, love, it don't matter. I'm showing love to everybody. Whatever you mm-hmm. do in your private life, all love. But it was just like the brunch game. You had a brunch spot yep. where you was taking a special someone. Maybe it's the first date. You know, maybe, hey, those are the best times to go on a Sunday. Yeah. Between like 12 and 3 when you got the bottomless. So, you know, the ladies prefer to get day drunk. And then you got the whole day, day drinking. Day. Is Wait, a marvel. Yeah, I was just yeah, gonna say, day drinking is a marvel. Yeah. And then you got the whole day to see where the day takes y'all. You know, <laughs> because you know it could go. You know, it could just be friendly or it could go somewhere else. Mm. But even if it goes somewhere else, you can be done and in bed by nine ten. Watch Game of Thrones back in the day. And you was good and ready to go to work on Monday and hit the gym that morning. Cool. Then you had like the turn up brunch spots you went to. Mm. Day party. 
Then you, yeah, the day party joints. And then you just have the brunch. Sometimes, you know, just the homies want to go kick it. Just the actual go eat yeah. brunch. We could just duck off, catch up, and go eat. Like, everybody, that's what I mean, the entire brunch game. There is no brunch game this year, y'all. And even the, the last one I forgot was, like, I had started doing the home brunch turn up, you know, mm-hmm. invite a couple people over. We right. got some drinks. I'm telling them a menu. I'm cooking up. I'm throwing up some shrimp and some sausage in the scramble. Both right. different cheeses because I'm nice like that. Um, and then we just at the crib, you know, old 90s music videos playing, having a good time. You can eat as much as you want to, drink as much as you want to, stay as long as you want to. Chill. That is gone. Have you explored... I know it's not the same, but have you explored a Zoom brunch yet? I don't want to. Okay. I don't. I don't it's That's not. Fair. Um, it's I know not it's gonna, not the same, but sometimes it's not going to help. But if everybody got, but if everybody has food and everybody has liquor, you will be surprised how quickly you get into the idea. But you, but I'm not like I miss the ladies' brunch outfits. That's what you okay. I miss the the brunch demeanor, the brunch. Yeah, shout out to the men who have been going through um, maxi dress deprivation for summer 2020. It wasn't even the maxi dress. Like I like I like the shoulders out. Yeah. Is your elbows moisturized? <laughs> you, know, you got the cute sandals, or you know you. Look, I, the he I don't it don't matter, but like you can have J's, the heels. The, yeah. I don't I don't care. Just I like the put togetherness mm. of a black woman that's going to brunch. Focus on black woman. Yes, y'all I, hear, I hear you. Y'all hear me? Like I, I like the the entire package. The mm-hmm. you just took your bantu knots out and the curls just popping. <laughs> <laughs> like you came ready to sweat a little bit, and you know you're gonna uh. You gonna get your your mango um, strawberry mimosa. You, you, I, I these are, the these are such specific memories. Wow, these are re- this is really specific, Karen. You really are. Yeah. You over here missing this shit for real. Shout out, shout out to Red Pepper Takiera on Piedmont Road in Atlanta and Bucket because mm-hmm. y'all used to hold me down. <laughs> they used to hold me down. <laughs> yeah, My three blocks three blocks from the crib. It'll be I, win. I've definitely heard a couple of songs this summer where I was like, that would have gone off at brunch. Cause I don't go out at night anymore. Cause why? So yeah, there's definitely been a take a nap before you go out at night. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not a good I'm not a good napper. If I take a nap, it's a wrap. Y'all might as well just it's not happening. It's not happening at all. Um all right. I think I think that's it for today, actually. Do you miss brunch? You know, I I do miss brunch, but I am also I'm like a, a I'm <laughs> every an, time a black woman hits you with a hot pitch, you know. Well, I do all the time. I'm a <laughs> what do they call it? I think I'm an omnivert. I'm an extroverted introvert, right? So, like, I do miss being outside with my stupid ass friends, them crazy people, dancing on dancing on top of tables, which I do do often. Doing the Callaway. Yeah, doing what Karen calls the Callaway. Um, that's not my last name though. Y'all should know that. But I <laughs> I do miss I yes. do miss that energy. I do miss being outside drunk and then going home to sleep it off and being able to get up and still be functional. 
I miss I miss New, New York in the summertime is a very very specific vibe, and I miss like outdoor like picnics and just like in brunch spots like outdoor picnic situations like all that with you know you gotta you gotta a speak you got a Bluetooth speaker and some chicken and some champagne and all of that I miss all of that. What I don't miss is like. I don't miss having to put those outfits on. Like, I don't miss having to actually be like, oh, I got to get about my bed and go outside. Because sometimes I'm very comfortable and I don't want to go outside in the heat. And um, so I go between that. Where even though, like, if I could just magically teleport somewhere and be dressed and be there, that would be so much easier in my life. We need to work on that before outside open, opens back And, up. like, I also just remember you and my, you know, number of days in New York as you being, like, a professional a uh, nutcracker finder? Yes. Oh. There are two in my freezer right now. They're emergency nutcrackers. I haven't had to use yeah, them. Yeah, you're like, you was always the plug for them. The nutcrackers are real. I miss a good nutcracker summer. And soon after me finding a nutcracker, you're probably, if we're out, if we're in a space where it's safe, I'm probably taking a nap. That's probably <laughs> happening. That's probably happening. That's another reason why I like being outside because at some point I can take a nap on a blanket. Um, so yes, I do miss certain aspects of being outside. I miss outdoor music. I do miss brunch. I do miss, um, picnics and outdoor dance parties and, and, and I miss dancing with, I miss dancing with my friends. So I do miss those things. And I miss like ordering food. Like, I mean, I know we still can, <laughs> I know we still can, Wait, but you know what I mean? Her face. The face, the Listen, y'all, I'm greedy. Calls. I'm really greedy. Like, I'm that person who gets excited when I'm going to a city because I'm already planning out what I'm going to eat that I can't get somewhere else. <laughs> so when I say I miss brunch, part of what I miss is actually eating that shit. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's me, too. Because I'm the cooking. So there's that. <laughs> all right y'all <laughs> this has been wednesday service uh we will see y'all again oh shit you know we didn't even touch on but it's we're running over so we'll get we'll get to it next week um we didn't get a chance to talk about the beauty of the snoop and dmx versus oh by and then by next week it could be a good there's week another one come on we could, we'll do it to lead into two chains and and, and, and rose and richard roberts and rose all right so we'll we'll be on that next week we'll get the og some love until then i am naima i am Karen. we'll see y'all later thank you